It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo, welcome to episode number 57 of the Joint Practices Podcast. I'll be your host this evening. I am Super Sticky Steve Knox, filling in for Mr. Sean Lamont, still in Disney World, although we may hear from him later this evening. Uh, Might get some free time to call in, talk a little bit Eagles, uh, some disappointment probably (laughs) in his voice uh, down there in the land of magical dreams having to talk about the debacle that was the Eagles and Cowboys game this week. But uh, joining me this evening, our other host of this show, Mr. Stephen Lamont. Soup, 42-point club, what's up? It was a great offensive week for us this week, that's for sure. It was amazing, amazing. We'll say uh, the defenses kind of disappointed me a little bit. They have been really good, and I thought these were two teams that our teams would be able to take advantage of defensively, but, you know, our opponents came out with uh, pretty good game plans on offense. Yep. So before we get into recaps, we got some trades that we can talk about. I have three here listed. Yeah, the trade deadline is coming up uh, next week, so we're probably going to have a lot to talk about uh, next week. I would assume uh, a lot a lot of trades are going to happen prior to that, you know, right up against the deadline. Probably won't see a whole lot of moves, like, right at the deadline. Hopefully they happen, uh, you know, sometime before we record our next episode uh, after this week happens. So, but yeah, three uh, interesting trades that happened uh, here today. If you want to jump right into them. Yeah, we had uh, Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons. He's going over to New England. For a second round pick. And what a bailout from a season. He's going from the Falcons to the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, the season just turned uh, around so quickly. Yeah, it's a, that's a crazy, crazy move. And um, I was just reading a tweet from uh, Ben Voland of the, the Boston Globe. And he was saying, you know, now with the acquisition of Sanu and uh, Nikhil Harry coming back from IR that he expects the Patriots to make a move at wide receiver, meaning they're going to cut somebody, and he seems to think it's going to be Josh Gordon. Is he still on the team? Josh Gordon is, yes. Oh. Yeah, he's uh, he's injured. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I'm dumb. I was thinking Antonio Brown. I was like, what no. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this segment again. Yeah, he's definitely not on the team. So, yeah. But, yeah, so he seems to think that Josh Gordon's going to be the one that – uh. You know, dies by the sword that is uh, Muhammad Sanu coming to to New England. But uh, yeah, they definitely need some uh, some help because uh, unless you're a avid Patriots fan, you had no clue. You know, three quarters of the guys that were catching the ball for the Patriots last night on Monday Night Football. But uh, somebody else that seemed to uh, be rumored to be going to the Patriots and I read an article saying that uh, John Elway was apprehensive to make moves with the Patriots which makes sense to me 
I wouldn't want to help them out either. Yeah, I can't but, imagine. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been traded from the Denver Broncos to the San Francisco 49ers. So a couple of undefeated teams adding depth at wide receiver, helping their offenses. Uh, the Broncos also sending a fifth-round pick in the 2020 draft, uh, along with Emmanuel Sanders, to the 49ers. 49ers in return give them a third and a fourth rounder in this coming draft in 2020. So um, Jimmy G getting some more weapons there. Yeah, and the 49ers, 6-0. and What? 6-0? and Jimmy G doing that, work. That defense is playing way better than I ever thought it would. Oh, this last one had me fucking... I was freaked out because it said... Um, it said Lions sit, send Diggs to Hawks. And I was like, Stefan Diggs. Oh, wait, nope, wrong team. <laughs> so Quandre, Quandre Diggs and a 2021 seventh, <laughs> very easy, are going to Seattle for a 2025th. I guess uh, they're trying to rebuild the Legion of Boom. Don't know that Diggs is really the the best guy to uh, <laughs> to acquire, but maybe that's all that was available. Um, a lot of teams looking for <laughs> secondary help right now. And so this is the first guy that kind of gets shipped out, which is interesting to me because, I mean, the Lions are now 2-3-1. and one. I don't really, you know, I wouldn't count myself out of it if I'm an they organization. They just put on Johnson on the IR. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you kind of need all your guys, <laughs> you know, in-house, you know, to – kind of rally around what you had going uh, before the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, it's an interesting move. I don't know that, you know, Diggs is all that important to that defense, but he was one of the more recognizable names watching that game uh, between the Vikings and the Lions this week. Yeah. So, I mean, I wonder if it's like the same thing for Flacco. Like, they're, they're struggling over there at 2-5, and five, and then they ship out Emmanuel Sanders, and he's like, well, who do you – who do you want me to throw it to? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really couldn't throw it to anybody before, so I don't know that this makes a huge difference. And um, I, th- I think Elway's kind of, you know, cashing in on this season, being like, all right, well, we kind of made this Flacco move hoping, you know, this would work now. But um, with Emmanuel Sanders' contract up after this year, I mean, it makes it makes sense for them to – at least get a couple picks for him, you know, move up in the draft for one pick, and then they got a third-round pick. Uh, this is a new trade, though. You know, the Patriots got him for a year and a half now, so I, I saw a lot of Patriots fans today, oh, second-round pick, that seems expensive. Well, you got the guy for a year and a half, and he's been pretty productive. And last time I checked, other than Rob Gronkowski, the Patriots miss a lot in the second round, so <laughs> I don't think that this is a bad <laughs> bad move by them at all. Well, we got a lot of offense to get into. Is there any more stories that you had? Uh, nothing that I can think of. I'll, I'll probably think of it like when I'm laying in bed later tonight. I'm like, oh, I wanted to talk about was that. was literally rendering my file last week when you texted me and said we missed that uh, that Waller signing in, in oh, Oakland. Yeah. It was like minutes after. Uh, yeah, and then he went he off. Good he had a game day. too. Yeah, yep. You want to go ahead and uh, jump right into the it's a, the recap of the Packers and uh, Raiders game? Yeah, let's start at the Packers because it started and it started fast. 
Ben, um, so all year we've been talking defense, and uh, a couple weeks ago with the Aaron Jones game, we got to talk a little offense. Friend of the pod, Aaron Rodgers got jealous and wanted to put up a game that we could talk about. 429 yards, five touchdowns through the air, and one rushing touchdown. And this is this is coming, you know, after a few weeks of can they even pass the ball without Devontae? They have all these young guys. Let me tell you, MVS on two catches had 133 yards. 133. One of them was the uh, was a 74-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter Yeah, where he just like, I think it was a slant, and then he just turns the Jets on and he cooks that guy. There's one solid block and he's gone. Jimmy G, four catches, 65 yards. The Whitewater Wizard, two for 54 and a touchdown. I mean, even Lazard had 42. Lazard is showing up, and I think he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the new young guy favorite for for Aaron. Yeah, it seems that way. He definitely seems to have a lot of confidence in him. Yeah, he I think, went uh, up for a ball inside the 10 that he it probably was over his head, and he came down with it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the passing offense in this game, and I – Maybe it has to do a little bit with the the Raiders' defense too, but you know of the the eight guys who caught a pass from Aaron Rodgers in that game, Jamal Williams is the only one whose like long reception wasn't over ten yards. Yep. So like they're giving up big plays uh, in the passing game as far as the Raiders' defense is concerned, and Aaron was just carving them up like crazy. I I started watching this game. Uh, I went into work early, so we got out early and uh, took the kids to Smiling Hill Farm to do some trick-or-treating on the farm, and I had to sit in the parking lot for like an hour and wait for my wife and the kids to show up, <laughs> and so I was watching this game, just sitting in my car, and I was like, what the hell? is What, what are the Raiders doing? <laughs> Nothing. That was the thing. They weren't doing anything. Yeah. I literally like got the update. Aaron Rodgers has thrown for five touchdowns today, and I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my God! Like, <laughs> don't need to give them this much confidence when they're already five and one, you know, going into this game. And then, wow, didn't they? Uh, didn't they? Well, they they kind of lit it up later on. Um, you mean the Raiders? The game was actually pretty close there in the first half, which was surprising. Yeah, they they were able to score in in every. Uh in every quarter, but the second and the third quarter, they scored 14. Those were their big ones. That's when they kind of started to pull away. And, like, let's talk about this because I had this on the list. It was 14-10 to 10 when Derek Carr fumbled on the one out of bounds, giving Green Bay the ball at the 20. But what I wanted to bring up was two plays before that was a long bomb, and I think it was to Waller, and Will Redmond came out of left field and saved the play. Like, he saved the touchdown. They're down at, like, the three. And it's two plays later. Carr fumbles the ball. Gives it back to Green Bay. They march all the way down and score. Get the ball, like, a minute later at halftime, I think. Yeah, I wanted to... <laughs> this is ex- exactly what I wanted to talk about. And I saw that you had it uh, already outlined here. So I <laughs> wanted to let you get into it first. But those two plays, for me, like, were the game changer because... Especially that car fumble. I mean, I've seen him do it before. He did it against in, in a similar play. Yeah, like it's one thing to try and make that play, but 
like keep both of your hands on the ball <laughs> when you're like that far away from the, the goal line. Like inexplicable to uh you know, dive out there, you lose the ball through the end zone. Like literally you have a chance to go up seventeen fourteen basically into halftime already. You know, get a lead and get some confidence and some momentum building for you and instead, you know, it just you lose it all. And it just like that. Yeah, and I don't know. Like that seems to be the Raiders, uh, you know, the other half of their season so far this year. It's like they've John Gruden's actually done a pretty good job with this team and had them find ways to win some games. You know, for them to be 500 right now is like crazy good for me. Uh, you know, I I'd call that a success. Um so, you know, again, they can be in that position where you know, now they can start to control this game maybe a little bit. And, you know, obviously the way Jacobs ran the ball on the ground uh, against the Packers' defense, you know, it would have given him that ability to kind of control things, slow things down, and try to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline because that's the one thing they needed to do this week that they didn't do. Yeah, and they almost scored on that on that red zone uh, drive right there, right before Carr fumbled the ball. Uh, they give it to Jacobs on the left side, and he almost gets in, but that guy that we got from Buffalo, B.J. Goodson, he comes up and just fucking wallops him. I think they lose like three yards on the play. That leads to the Derek Carr fumble. Uh, there's two other things I want to talk about with the D, so we can do the good before the bad. The red zone D was phenomenal. Three stops inside the red zone, zero points. We had the car fumble. Uh, Jacobs would stop f- short on a fourth and then car through that pick somewhat early into the fourth to Kevin King. Holy shit, dude. We haven't seen red zone defense in Green Bay like that. I don't think since I've been watching football. Yeah. Uh, you just saying that reminded me of uh, something I wanted to bring up. <laughs> so I'm glad you said that. But uh, you're speaking of the, the Packers defense and Hey, they uh, their record is holding up there in history right now, because uh, after last night's game, the uh, New England Patriots have given up 48 points through the first seven weeks, or their first seven games. The 1996 Packers are actually the lowest ever by a point. I don't know if you know that I they didn't. had a pretty good year that year. I'm not, I'm not sure that you remember. I think I was in school that day. <laughs> they uh, they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl that year. But literally, I was talking about how uh, we haven't seen this since the Reggie White days, where I was like, man, I don't want to play those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that w- that was the Reggie White days right there. 1996, they had a vaunted defense and Brett Favre and uh, Andre Bad Moon Rising leading them to a to a Super Bowl. But yeah. This defense is uh is really good. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. It's funny that you know you got three really good defenses in that that uh, NFC North now, and I mean it, it's kind of now a battle between two teams to see uh, <laughs> who's going to get second place at this point. I think. Yeah. Unless uh, something crazy happens to Green Bay's, uh, I don't know somebody. Yeah, knock on you wood. know, else has to. I mean, I guess it has to be Aaron Rodgers that gets hurt because 
you took out their, the best wide receivers off the field, and they didn't slow them down at all. So, no, yeah, you just found other ways to get it done, which worked out perfectly. Uh, the ugly thing I want to bring up with the defense, and we can talk about this two weeks in a row because Sean's not here to say garbage time, but 350 yards between Carr and Glennon. They gave up five plays over 20 yards through the air. Like this passing defense, just they just struggle. And I don't know en- enough about football to know if, if it's execution, if it's personnel, or if it's play calling, but week after week like we have we get the highlights where we're stopping people on at the one and you know getting turnovers but there's also these highlights where we're giving up 40 50 60 yard plays every game yeah I feel you there and I mean I think a lot of it is communication and these guys just being you know a little too young to be able to recognize on the fly how to make adjustments you know and in, in talking between each other on the field. And, um, you know, we've seen it with the Vikings too, and especially this week. And Maybe you can chalk some of it up to garbage time and just playing loose defense, but, yeah, they. it's really weird to see, um, you know, especially some of these, you know, stud young guys that Green Bay has. You know, when you see, like, Jair Alexander just – make great play, great play, great play, and then suddenly he ghosts on a play. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I wonder what happened there. Like, is is he not, you know, remembering his responsibilities? Was it somebody else's fault? Did he think he had help over the top or he was supposed to have help over the top? And See, my thing you know, is, nobody I was always, there? Yeah, I always go to miscommunication or he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Because w- with, a, with a guy like Jair, even being young, at least for me, it's never a matter of, like skill like I don't think he fucked up as, in terms of he's not good at his position I think he he's lost and the defense is like they don't have Darnell Savage back there they have Will Redmond who's been doing fine filling in for him but they don't have their start all their starters out there it's like you've said this before on the podcast and I think Sean has too it's it's, it's about building chemistry yeah and it, I mean you you think back to, you know, like Seattle's Legion of Boom and everything, and it was just like, you know, they were so well put together and, you know, they always knew their responsibilities and could trust in one another. So it was really difficult to beat them because, you know, everybody was always where they needed to be. You know, somebody was always there to make a play. So, you know, sometimes just building that continuity and um, being able to see on film, you know, when you – where there's, you know, a lack of whatever it might be, just communication or you missed your assignment, whatever. Sometimes seeing those things is going to help these guys more than more than not. Yep. All right. Before we we move on to the to the Vikings recap, I saw this question on Reddit and I thought I would pose it to the podcast. They said, do you think Aaron Rodgers is wasting J.K. Scott's prime? I thought, hmm. It's an interesting insight. You know, J.K. Scott, the punter. <laughs> the punter? Like, like yeah. 11 years old. <laughs> yeah. And it was like this whole thread about they weren't giving J.K. Scott enough playing time and shit. And I was like, it's good <laughs> to see these instead of we suck. Yeah, that's it's always nice to see the troll uh, mm-hmm. the troll channel come out rather than you know, bashing on, you know, whatever it is. There's a, there's a J.K. Scott shirt, and it says, and it's just like, 
it's kind of like a cartoon picture of him or whatever with like punting with his legs straight up and down um and it says playmaker play on one side <laughs> maker on the other like this team loves uh-huh. the punter so much that's nice i'm down for it <laughs> all right well if we're gonna roll right into uh the vikings recap this week um they went to detroit played the lions got out of there with a 42 to 30 victory um Steven, you were just talking about the Packers giving up some big plays. Uh, some some of these long plays from these receivers uh, for the Lions. Uh, this was my biggest takeaway from this game was that the defense really scared me for the Vikings. Um, first of all, next time we play these guys, can somebody fucking cover Marvin Jones Jr.? Did he just, still just, score in touchdowns? Just once, please, just once. You know, the guy, 10 catches, 93 yards. Oh, yeah, four touchdowns. What? Say it's about time that Xavier Rhodes goes and plays Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, Rhodes was primarily on Galladay all day long. Galladay had one catch. It was for 21 yards. And like you were saying, you see a lot of these 20-something yard pass plays. Um, five guys on the, the Lions had a reception for over 20 yards. Again, maybe we can chalk it up to garbage time. They did play really loose defense uh, late in the first the first half, late in the game. Um, just really weird defense <laughs> for me, for the Vikings, to see them out there playing the way they did. Because it was kind of like a slow starting game, and then it was just like back and forth touchdowns. And for me, I, you know, I felt like, you get in one of those shootout type of games against this team, I feel like the Vikings should make the first stop, <laughs> you know, before the Lions do. And they did. And then the Lions just come right back and tie it up, you know, 21 all at uh, at halftime or just before halftime. So, I don't know, really curious for me uh, defensively. It's scary moving forward. <laughs> they really need to know button down the hatches because a couple weeks gonna be playing the Kansas City Chiefs maybe something else we should have brought up Patrick Mahomes will not be playing the next couple weeks yeah Green Bay takes him on Sunday night the chefs minus Mahomes we'll see how that goes yeah and I'm I'm not a big Matt Moore believer but that offense does run very quickly so um just from a secondary, you know, perspective. Got a lot of fast guys out there. If you're not doing your job, you know, shit can hit the fan real quick. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking ahead, though. That's not that's not the Vikings game this coming week, but I'm just saying, you play an offense like that, even with a backup quarterback, like, you get your shit burnt, now you look real bad. Yep. Other negative for me... Dan Bailey back to missing field goals. <laughs> I laughed when uh, I saw that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you know, it, and at that point, like, I mean, the game's still in the balance, really. <laughs> when you look at it, uh, the Lions had just kicked the field goal the previous possession, make it a four-point game. So here you go, back down the field, trying to make it a touchdown game again. Dan Bailey, 45 yards. Not quite. Uh I'm just, man, it's like 
right when I feel like I can have confidence in the guy again, he does something like this and completely redeems himself. Completely redeems <laughs> But I don't know. I, I I just I literally am at the point now where it's every single time I see him kick, I'm just nervous. And I just know that somewhere down the line this season, he's going to fucking doink one. And it's going to cost us something big. So, nerve-wracking. I mean, I'm pretty uh, ignorant about a lot about football, but I feel like when I was a kid, cooking, kicking was just like kind of a sure thing. Like when the kicker went out, you got the three points or you got the one point. And now it's like, well, we'll fucking see. Yeah. And, and I feel like it has gotten a lot worse uh, over the years. I don't know what it is. And I've always speculated ever since they moved the uh, the extra point back, they did something different with the K-balls. I swear they did. Because the kicking has just gotten so bad. And you see so many, you know, what used to be automatic field goals, like 30 yardish just missed time and time again it just like everyone seems I don't know to how else to explain everything. it yeah I just don't I don't know how else to explain it like the only time you ever really missed was if it was beyond 50 yards and now it's just like I mean it's a coin flip <laughs> really for most yeah. of these guys yeah a lot of teams are nervous sending their kicker out there yeah and I mean I'll forever be nervous ever since 1998 thanks Gary Anderson <laughs> with your one chin bar yeah, guy doesn't miss a kick all year, and then he's like, "Hey, NFC Championship chance to go to the Super Bowl? Not today." Big gulps, huh? Yeah. Uh, How about yeah. Dalvin Cook though? Like every he continues to have a good game week after uh, week. Yeah, I. He's, you know, great guy to have in your team. That's for sure. Hundred and forty-two uh, and two touchdowns. It was the hundred and forty-two show. Uh, Cook, 25 carries for 142 and two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, seven receptions, 142 yards. So, 142s, you know, again, 42. It was wild this week. Um, yeah, I mean, other than Stephon Diggs, though, we had Adam Thielen did have that one catch, a 25-yard touchdown. Great throw and catch from, uh, from Cousins and great catch from Thielen, but Thielen does kind of sting up his hammy a little bit there on that toe drag. So, he left the game. He didn't come back, did he? No. I got got real nervous (laughs) when I saw the the news that he would not be returning, because I was like, that's really going to put a a damper on on the offense here. Like, he's a, you know... Obviously, him and Diggs, they're both huge parts of, you know, what they do offensively. And you take one of them away, and I was like, oh, no. Please don't be anything where he misses significant time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But did suck that he wasn't out there um, for basically three quarters of the game. Um, stinks, but, you know, some guys did step up, you know. Rudolph finally had a touchdown. B.C. Johnson gets a touchdown. Uh, Kirk Cousins' favorite target, C.J. Ham, he had a touchdown. So, Kirk was cashing in his coupons this week. He certainly did, didn't he? <laughs> 24-34, 337, four touchdowns this week with a quarterback rating of 141.4. That makes him the first quarterback 
in NFL history to pass for at least 300 yards and have a passing uh, passer rating above 130 in three consecutive games. That's a crazy stat right there. It always reminds me of um, those stats Frank Caliendo used to do. He's like, Pete Banning is the first quarterback to throw a touchdown with his last name starting with M in the month of October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's a really weird stat, but it's surprising that it hasn't happened. I mean, it's with all the great, yeah. you know, with all the great quarterbacks that have come through the league over the years, it's like, you got to imagine this might have happened at least once before, but... I mean, interesting. He, uh, I, I almost feel like he's just, he's, you know, be, being a little bit more willy-nilly with the ball, uh, making these throws down the field. You know, obviously they're using the run game, and it, uh, it opens things up for them. But he seems, I don't know, he, he was like very shy and timid to make those throws down the field early on in the season, and it just feels like now maybe he's got some sort of new confidence about him uh, making those throws or he just thinks hey if you know we can go out and score a bunch of points early on like I don't need to run a two-minute drill at the end of the game and try to win so it feels like maybe he's trying to you know win the games on the front end rather than you know trying to make that last drive uh, you know to kick a field goal or score a touchdown to win the game you know take the pressure off a little bit Heading down the stretch, you just don't want to see yourself in a spot where you're like, all right, we need two. Dan Bailey, yeah. get out there. <laughs> no. Because then no, you might as well just go for the six. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this game just got, like, a little bit, little, I say a little uncomfortable, but too uncomfortable, really. Um, you know, <laughs> the Vikings were up 11, yeah, 11 points with a, what, Five minutes to go in the uh, in the fourth, and I was like, "Oh, game's over, right?" No, then they give up, you know, <laughs> seventy-five yard drive on ten plays that took two and a half minutes off the clock, and I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" And so I'm like, "All right, well, you know, you got three minutes to go in the game. Like, they're the way their rushing attack has gone so far. No problem, ice in this one." And then it was like a five-yard run and a timeout. And then <laughs> I was like, okay. So they called their first timeout. Here's a question. Do we try to run again, try to get them to use another timeout? Or do we go play action? And they went play action. 66-yard bomb to Stefan mm -hmm. Diggs who ran out of gas and couldn't get it home. But I was like, that's the way you seal the game right there. It's like, way to have some balls. Whoever called that play, like, thank you for having balls to try and, you know, ice it right there. Um, obviously, it could backfire, but like I said last week, you needed to have this win. So, good on them for, you know, pulling out all the stops at the end to make sure that they got that win because this was huge in the, you know, grand scheme of things. Before we jump to studs and duds, do you want to do a quick Eagles recap for Sean? Oh boy, do I! An ugly sixty minutes. Yeah, that was not a fun game to watch at all. I, uh, I was <laughs> very unimpressed by pretty much everything the Eagles did in that game. Um, you know, Wentz 
had a couple of drives going on offensively that they just kind of petered out. Um, again, though, guys dropping balls, you know, picking up penalties to get you in first and 20 situations. I mean, it's just like they continue to beat themselves up time and time again. It was sloppy. Yeah, very bad. Carson had the two fumbles. Dallas Goddard had that fumble where he just he just got hit by two people at the same time, but still oh, shitty. Yeah, was... Shitty way to start the game with fumbles on back to back drives. Yeah. That was a yeah, that Goddard one like literally just looked like a car crash situation. Yeah. Like if I don't know if you've ever like run into something full speed when you didn't see it. But like that's literally what it looked like, because I've done that before where, you know, I've been running and then I, you know, full speed not looking and then, boom, you hit something and it just kind of like completely stuns your body. <laughs> you oh, could yeah. see it like in his face. I ran into a tree without looking at camp once when I was little. I mean church. Now I don't go to church. <laughs> that thing stopped me dead. Yeah, you get like yeah. the body tingles and you smell something weird for a sec and you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, just rough. I, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> the Eagles couldn't convert anything on third down. They couldn't get off the field uh, on third down on defense. So it's like those types of things right there, you know, they'll kill you in the games. I mean, Dallas was eight for 14 on, on third down on offense. So if, you know, more than half the time they're extending drives, you know, just what leads to these extra points really 37, 37 to 10. I feel to like a team that Eagles... just lost to the Jets. Go ahead. I said, you know, for the Eagles to give up 37 points to a team that just lost to the Jets, that's a... Uh, Who turned around league. to get walloped by New England? I mean, that, I think we all saw that one coming too, but it's not, I mean, I I felt like with the success that Philly had running the ball too, they would be able to open up the passing game, but like it just never, never came to fruition. I felt like the defense wasn't ready for Elliott. I mean, he he had 111 yards, but there was at least one play that I remember where they had him in the backfield, and he fakes a cut, takes a couple steps, and then actually makes the cut and turns into like 13 yards. And you can see the the guys in the secondary are just throwing their arms up, like, "What the fuck? What are you doing?" You got yeah. him back there, but it's like when they see him in the backfield about to be tackled, they give up and they're not, they're not uh, expecting him to break through into that that second level or whatever. And he, yeah, is just yeah. I don't know. Sloppy, I guess, is just the, wor- the only word I have. Both sides. Absolutely, yeah. They uh, their run scheme too with with Elliott just plays so well too off of what the Eagles, you know like to do with their with their secondary when they're playing off off coverage and stuff like that um obviously you pull those guys away from the line and if you can seal off the uh you know the inside linebacking crew you know you get a wide receiver out on a guy or whatever maybe a lead blocker out in front you know sets up for some of these I mean, 10 12 yard runs time and time again but <laughs> i mean there's was there anything good that the Eagles did in this game? The only thing I saw positive was Jordan Howard. Like, every time they gave him the ball, he got the first down. Uh, he was, like, the only bright spot, though. 
I mean, there were drops hitting people in the hands. Carson just kept throwing the ball on the ground. I don't know. I don't have anybody other than Jordan Howard that I that I thought was a bright spot on the team. Right, yeah. It was like I'm expecting, you know, like Miles Sanders to make a difference somewhere and just he didn't – he had a subpar game. It, it It just seemed like they were just searching and reaching, and I think they had – I think the one – big play that I thought that they should have had was uh, Carson kind of Kirk Cousins uh, deep ball to Elshon Jeffrey where he was open and he just missed him by like four yards Yeah. but other than that like I didn't really feel like they left points out on the board you know or out on the field rather um, <laughs> they just kind of didn't have it like <laughs> I don't know what happened but um, this is not a good spot to be in when, uh, you know, this this could have easily been a division-deciding game in Week 7 uh, when they're both 3-3 three and three coming in. And it's like Dallas has all the confidence in the world, you know, going into the, the matchup at the end of the season now. Mm-hmm. Now it's must-win for Philly. Which you don't ever want to <laughs> – you don't ever want to have uh, – have happened, but I mean, you lost at their house, so maybe they'll come into your house and lay a, an equally bad, uh, rotten egg on the field. But mm-hmm. and the Eagles and Cowboys have such like a fierce rivalry that you know until you guys play again, all you're gonna hear is that you lost by twenty seven. Yeah, exactly. They smack you th- around. I, that's all you're gonna hear. The Doug Peterson guarantee thing too kind of <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like ass. when people come out and guarantee wins <laughs> but yeah that one right there and then you lose by 27 that's it's never a good uh never a good situation to be in so i think oh, what was the stat uh it might have been the fact that they've given up uh 30 plus points back-to-back weeks for the first time under doug peterson a lot of points. It's like when we had that KC stat where they scored like 26 for 20 games straight or something stupid. Yeah. 38 points to the Vikings, 37 points to the Cowboys. Something has to happen on defense for the Eagles. Uh, Obviously, this team has been beaten up pretty well uh, by the injury bug this year, but God, this has been disappointing. Well, they play the Bills next week, so if they give up another <laughs> then I I got nothing left for for Philly. Yeah, I mean Yeah, that they they shouldn't give up that many points. But the way that their offense has played, you know, especially against the Cowboys last week, uh this Bills defense is really good, so and Buffalo's actually a favorite in the game right now. I know it's at their house, but Jesus. Where are they, like five and one now? Yeah, and if you had told me, I mean, you couldn't you could have left out what the records were, but at the beginning of the year, if you told me these teams are playing in week eight and that Buffalo was going to be a favorite at home, you know, I, I would have thought you were smoking some of Devontae Adams' meth. <laughs> <laughs> then you're on meth. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Just been a disappointing season so far. Maybe you maybe some of these guys finally get back in the lineup and. Uh, <laughs> they can figure shit out, but I really I did expect a lot more from uh, this team. For shizzle. 
I'm sorry, Sean. I'm sorry about the Eagles and what they did to you on your vacation. Yeah. Big time bummer. But don't pay attention to that. Because soon enough you'll have to come back to uh, the old warehouse. Say again? Yeah. It's not It's not fun. It's almost, it's almost turkey day. So shit's getting busy. Yeah. Speaking of getting busy, I think it's time we get into some... Uh, Studs and duds, studs and duds, it's all time for studs and duds. I love that studs and duds drop so much. It is is just beautiful. Sean did an amazing job on that. Uh, Week seven, studs and duds. Let's start with the studs, Stephen. We got. Um, Obviously, I took A.A. Ron Rodgers. Six total touchdowns, 429 yards. A perfect 158.3 passer rating. Maybe duplicate it this week. We'll see. Yeah, that's, I mean, really doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) I mean, mean, it could, but unless you're playing Madden, I really don't see a stat line ever being. uh, We can actually put that stud in the Studs and Duds Hall of Fame here on Joint Practices (laughs) Podcast. Retire it. Uh, my first stud, Jacoby Brissett, twenty six thirty nine doesn't sound that impressive, but three twenty six and four touchdowns uh, led the Colts to a victory over the Houston Texans, and now they are in control of that division there in the AFC South. So, who would have thought Andrew Luck retires and? Here we are talking about the Colts being in first place. I was going to say, talking about the Colts and in a positive light. Yeah. I don't even think it's Colts Kobe fans Brissett. saw that. I mean, I mean, this is, you have Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, all New England, you know, quarterback picks that are all leading, you know, well, one of them, two of them are leading undefeated teams, but another one's leading a division leading team, so. Yeah, they're combined Obviously they know 17 what they're doing. and 2. That's nuts. <laughs> Stud number two. Homer edition. MVS, two receptions, 133 yards, including the 74-yard touchdown. That draft pick every week just seems to cash in. Not bad. Not bad at all. I could have been lazy, too, and, you know, pick Kirk Cousins. And I was surprised Dalvin you Cook, didn't. But <laughs> I was surprised you didn't. <laughs> Tried to dive a little deeper this week, and my second stud, Chase Edmonds, running back from the Arizona Cardinals. You might not know who he is. Uh, David Johnson was active for this game, and it was hilarious that the Arizona Cardinals tweeted out like a little, um, you know, they're using all the characters on the keyboard to draw like a bunny holding a sign that said, you should have started Chase in fantasy. <laughs> and somebody commented on it. I was like, well, if you didn't activate David Johnson, maybe we would have, asshole. <laughs> anyway, had himself a game, 27 carries, 126 yards, and three touchdowns wow. against the New York football giants. Hey, the Cardinals actually won this week uh, playing the, the, the Giants team. Um, Daniel Jones kind of looks like he's turning into a pumpkin again, but. Yeah, that's getting weird, isn't it? Yeah, and the Cardinals are now 500, which I didn't believe in them at all, so good for them, I guess. 
So dud number one for me was Sam Darnold with his 86 yards, five interceptions. First person in the league to do that since one Nathan Peterman. I mean, he looked so bad in that game. (laughs) They even had him mic'd up on Monday night. And on the bench, he said, I'm seeing ghosts. Like, (laughs) what? Are you seeing ghosts? Do you know what that's a reference to? No. Um, It's it's a reference to him thinking defenders are coming at him, and he's, like, throwing the ball away, and there's not really a defender there. So it's, like, in reference to him thinking he's about to get smashed. And Adam Gase took, and the Jets took, serious offense to them airing that quote. I mean... He's mic'd up. Like what, that, you, that's you could, what my argument was. He's mic'd you up. You have the ability to turn that down. Like they come to you and they ask you if you'd like to participate, and you can say no. Like Brady yeah, he said never in the has future, it on. They will say no. Yeah, but it, it's still like. I mean, he was he was getting pressured all night long, and I, it's inexcusable the throws that he's making anyway. Like if you're trying to throw the ball away, don't just. Throw it into the middle of the field. Like, <laughs> Go for the sideline, dummy. <laughs> they literally had a meme out there. It was like Sam Darnold dropping back, and he says, uh, okay, who's open? And Devin McCourty steps up, you know, defensive back from the Patriots, and said, me, I'm open. And he's like, oh, it seems legit. And then it shows McCourty with the ball in his hands. <laughs> Dude, I, but I, like, I... Literally, that's how it was. It was so like so terrible to watch. Like, awful. I saw a stat on Reddit. That says um, the Jets have won 243 games since 1986. Since 2001, Tom Brady has won 244 games. So he's won one more game than them in 15 less years. <laughs> that's that's unreal. Oh, my God. That, like, literally, Joe Tessitore, too, on the broadcast, just being like, oh, this Patriots defense does it again. And I was not. Nah. He pretty much just gave it to him. Like, <laughs> I think any defense, you know, would have dominated him <laughs> in an easy fashion the way he played last night. That was, once again, maybe this is joint practices, dud Hall of Fame. Yeah. He had a couple of real winners this week, so good picking. Well, actually, didn't Tannehill start with uh, one, recep- one for one with negative eight yards or something like that? Oh, maybe. <laughs> it was that. There was a. Yeah, there was some. Some crazy stat line. Uh, threw it backwards and lost nine yards. Yeah, because uh, Sam Darnold had like negative 6.5 fantasy points this week. <laughs> and it was like there was uh, there was Kerry Collins was a quarterback of the uh, Giants, the Giants back in the day. And they lost 59 to nothing. And he <gasps> he played um, <laughs> his like ending stat line he had negative seven passing yards for the game and he still had more fantasy points than Sam Darnold did last night so that tells you right there you know the type of game he had it's not good not good at all at least it was close <laughs> yeah. it was, looks real nice for those uh those patriots to get another what one of the, they 33 I think nothing? that I think in seven weeks I think the teams that they played won a combined like seven games total so Ugh, yucky, yucky. Speaking of yucky, my first dud, the Washington football team offense, which is good news because they play the Vikings on Thursday this week, so that's great. But you didn't score any points. I know that the weather was real trash there. 
in uh in Maryland, but boy oh boy. Case Keenum nine for twelve. That's right, twelve. He tried to pass it twelve times in the entire game. Seventy seven yards. Um they were leaning heavy on Adrian Peterson, twenty carries, eighty one yards, but again, it's I mean you are playing a good defense, I know, but like you gave up three field goals and you lost by three field goals, so you need to be better. <laughs> I mean, they're not good, but you gotta be you gotta perform a little bit better than that. Uh, Peterson also has multiple ankle sprains. Says he's still gonna play this week. So <laughs> I mean, he only has two ankles. Yeah, and apparently he's sprained them both. <laughs> still, still wants to play. So, kudos to that guy for not giving up. Um, I don't. Since Nathan Peterman doesn't play anymore, I guess you don't have another, uh, another dud. So no, but since I put him in my Sam Darnold dud, I counted that as two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much is. But uh, for me, I have the Chargers offense also. Maybe not just the offense, maybe the coaching staff. I don't know if you caught the end of this game or if you happen to see some highlights. I but did see it. Jesus, they couldn't punch the ball in twice down on the goal line uh, towards the end of this game to give themselves a, a victory. And like I, between Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon, like they have to be able to come up with something to throw the defense off because Eckler the last few weeks has just been killing it in the pass game. And, you know, Melvin Gordon's on a, you know, in his contract year was a holdout. You finally brought him back. Like, if you can't make that guy work, then you, you know, you pretty much wasted your time bringing him back here because you're, at this point, it looks like you're making a case for Eckler to go somewhere else. Like, you want to make him look good so that he can play on a different team. But Jesus... There was like six plays in a row that got reviewed because they didn't know if the ball crossed the goal line or not. And then eventually, you know, there, there's a fumble down down there late. I'm just like, man, this Chargers team, for a team that was, you know, basically, you know, top of the AFC last year, just absolutely sucks right now. And <laughs> Tennessee also not great. You know, Ryan Tannehill. Leading that team now, they bench Mariota, but God, you got to be able to like wh- how how can teams not score from the one yard line? I don't know. Just I it it's crazy to me to see how many times you know teams get down to the one and just can't punch it in. It just doesn't make any sense. I saw a uh, a quote from Melvin Gordon that said um, that his holdout failed. It was a flop. He said, I'll never miss training camp again, I'll tell you that. So you can tell he's putting a lot on himself. Yeah. I mean, it's still not... They just... You have to be able to have, you know, a handful of plays that's just surefire, you know, touchdown. I don't know. Like, time and time again, you're watching a game, and it's just like they go play action, and one guy's wide open. Like, you have to have one of those plays in your playbook. Yep. You know, it, you run the ball twice, and then you go to that, or you run the ball three times, and then you go to that. It's like, for them to just try, try and continue to do the same running play over and over again, like, they know what you're doing, dude. Do something different. Come on. 
like uh what's his face? Who's the coach of the Chargers? Anthony Lynn? Like he was a former running backs coach. He has to know this stuff. Like he knows what works and what doesn't down there. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's terrible. just always it's always crazy when you see like whatever in goal on the one and the run gets stuffed and you're like, Oh my god, how? Yeah. It's just I mean you know, maybe their defense is uh was more prepared, but come on, dude. Certainly didn't expect a fumble down there. No. Yeah. A terrible way <laughs> to end a uh an otherwise, you know, nail biter of a game, but yeah, bad on the Chargers for not, not being able to get this one done. Speaking of done, though, this looks like it might be a wraps on episode number 57. So, uh, you go ahead and follow us on the Twitter bird at Joint Practices. That's the podcast. Uh, you can follow Sean at 11thegoat11, spelled out the goat. Steven's at Steven JPP, and I am at The Knox Says. And if you are still listening to the podcast at this time, we appreciate you sticking with us. Just Sean and, I mean, just Steven myself. Sean will be back next week. And if you are still listening, um, take the podcast, share it with a friend, rate, review, subscribe. We're on iTunes, we're on Google, Spotify, all those. I don't know if we're on Spotify, I always say that one, but. We're on all of them. <laughs> so subscribe, leave us a rating, uh, hit us up on our Twitter, our email. We'll do some seven on sevens. I know we have some loaded up that we're going to do here shortly. Yeah, and if you're on the uh, on the Twitter bird, you want to send us a tweet with the hashtag 42pointclub, you go ahead and spell out 42. F-O-R-T-Y-T-W-O. Point club. characters now. Because if you, if you put in the number four and the number two as the first part of the hashtag, it will not show up. Oh, is That's that That's how real? cool Twitter is. Yep. You can't you can't use numbers as hashtags. It's weird. Um, but yeah, just let us know that you're listening. Let us know what you thought. Maybe uh, give us a little insight on how you felt those week seven games went. But yeah, all I can say, the Vikings... Looking pretty good in the uh, the NFC standings right now. Five and two, not bad at all. Cousins looking way better than anyone expected him to. Uh, see, this is this is what happens right here. It's like they can't you can't put their all their woes on uh, on Kirk Cousins right now. It's everybody's just like, oh, the Vikings are pretty good. But the moment that they lose a game, you watch. No matter like. What the reason is for the loss? It's all gonna be well. Kirk Cousins falling from grace, <laughs> just like easy, easy way out for everybody. Yeah, scapegoat. But Looking that eighty million makes it real go. easy. Yeah, I mean, again, going in this week, gonna play his uh, his former team, or I guess they're coming into Minnesota. So, yeah, should be a should be a bind burn. I'm sure Thursday night, baby. We'll talk about it on the next episode. So this is it for 57. And uh, Skull Vikings. Go Pack Go. Fly, Eagles fly, fly away. Get big. Just made that up. That was pretty. Cool. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> we out. See ya.